everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. Uh, Brittany and I are here today, excited to be with you. We're going to talk about one of those things that plagues every single hygienist that I've ever known. Um, I think it is honestly our biggest roadblock, our biggest barrier, and that is the elephant in the room, time. Time is the one thing we just, no matter what we do, we can't get more of it. So we have got to work smarter, not harder. And we want to talk today about some tips and tricks, um, some things that have worked for us to really make time work for us so that we can give our patients the best care without making ourselves completely frazzled. We can actually run to the restroom if we need to even, you know, shove some food in our mouths throughout the day and keep ourselves going because that seems to be a battle sometimes. So I'm going to let Brittany kick us off with some of the things that work well for her and we'll just kind of have a chat about it. Yep. Sounds good. I'm excited to talk about this because like Teresa said, this is an ongoing struggle. The shrinking hour, we all know about it very well. The struggle to get a lunch, the struggle to use the bathroom, the struggle to have a breath, especially now that we're decked out in all kinds of PPE. Um, but one of the things that I want to start with is I have, for me, and I think for most people, a daily routine is just really important. Like routine is just how it kind of determines the it sets the tone for our day. You know, if we wake up uh, for me, if I stay up later than I should, and I, you know, hit the snooze button in the morning five times, then I start my day frazzled in a rush. I'm behind unexpected things happen as they always do in life. You hit traffic then I'm not prepared for my day, not able to really look at my patients as well as I should and prepare the, the charts and the appointment cards and the trays that I'll need and the assistance when I'll, when I'll need it. Um, and then the rest of my day is more difficult because my routine was out of whack and right. I didn't start off on the right, right. foot. So for me, go and, ahead. and I find too, I'm one of those, I'm, I'm a very routine person. And if I find myself kind of slipping out of that routine and then I look back and I'm like, Oh, I forgot to do some things because I jumped out of that. So I feel like it keeps me accountable too to all the things I should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about some of the systems that we have in place to kind of stay on the routine yes. and stay on time. And a lot of that involves having systems in place and preparing those outside of our nine to five hygiene uh, jobs. And if you're just listening and not saying, I just did quotations because nine to five, that's funny, right? Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the first things is kicking off the day, right? So getting you know the sleep that we need, if we can't get as much sleep as we need, like there's something, there's always go something going on in life. It's okay. You know, we've got to do the best we can with what we have and continue every day making the next best choice. And it's like, you know, falling off the wagon in regards to a diet or flossing, which yep. we're very familiar with. Um, you know, just get back on the wagon. You don't have to wait a week. You don't have to wait till next month or the first of the year. Just get back on tomorrow, today, this afternoon. You know, it, it, don't let the, the bad start kind of trickle down to the rest of the day or the rest right. of the week. That's an important thing. So if you didn't get enough sleep, perfectly fine. You know, get up, hit the alarm get up, do what you got to do, make your coffee, take the shower, 
leave on time, you know, just start your day on time so that you have adequate time to prep. Um, and then I, you know, I'm a big believer in early is on time also. Yes. Like I, I don't like on time, like on, on time actually gives me anxiety. I'm like, no, we're, we don't have time for anything. Um, so I historically have showed up about an hour before seeing my first patient. And we do have a morning meeting 20 minutes before our first patient is scheduled at nine. So that left me with about 40 minutes. Sometimes I was even earlier than that, about 40 minutes to um, re-review my schedule because I would review it in full three days in advance. And of course, some things change between right, then right. and the day of. So I would re-review my schedule. Um, and that includes making sure the appointment cards are loaded, looking at prior notes, looking at treatment plans to see what the patient, you know, has been what we've recommended to the patient in the past, what we discussed last time. Are they due for an FMX and a comp exam? Are they due for bite wings? Are they due for an exam? Are they due for, you know, whatever Bell for scope. you, Bellscope? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. All that stuff, um, a CPE. Uh, and add all those things to the appointment card so that I'm not surprised throughout the day. Also, of course, prepare trays, whatever I'm going to need if I'm doing an NSPT or S SRP as, as most people call it. Um, then of course I want to have clinically what I'm going to need for that procedure or whitening or right. anything, you yep. know, that involves more than just a normal um, hygiene tray. So prepare those things. If I see a time when I think I will need help. I will ask a team member to help me if my hygiene assistant is available at that time and I need high volume suction or I need assistance with sealants or something. Um, I kind of set that aside in the morning and say, Hey, I'm going to need your help at two o'clock. Can you commit to that? And I think on that note too, it is a team involved, you know, dentistry is a team sport. So I think it's as you're looking at your day and knowing where you're going to run into barriers, you know, I know for us, and I'm sure you guys too, cause you're all under one roof. Like we share the nomads, right. we share the sensors, we share the Velscope. You know, there's a lot of things that we're sharing. So it's kind of game planning, not just what you need for your patient and kind of being in your own lane. It's, it's looking at the big picture and figuring out how to help everyone be successful with their time. Yeah. So it may be, Hey, Brittany, you know, we both have a, a patient at, you know, 10 o'clock that, and we're going to need to take a Panorex. So why don't you start with that? And I'll go ahead and get my patient back and take their blood pressure and maybe go ahead and perio chart and start that process. And then I'll take mine kind of mid appointment. But I think it's just, really thinking through all the data and, and on top of that, things like, you know, what does their insurance coverage look like? Do they have a balance? It's those kind of things that you're not having to spend time kind of behind your patient, looking at the details, figuring out what needs to be done. Like you've got it all ahead of you, ready to go. So you really know what you're getting into because because we know very well that there's a lot of things a lot of surprises that happen in our shrinking hour, you know, patients come in and there's major medical changes or they have new insurance and they didn't send that in ahead of time or they're oh, having a, think? yeah, they have a, they're having, you know, they broke a tooth and now we've got to address that. So as, as prepared as we can be is going to set us up for as much success as possible and yeah. really help us on the time front. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, on that note, another thing that has helped pretty significantly in regards to managing time and just not having to reinvent the wheel every day is having really, really thorough and adequate note templates set up that auto populate because that is just, it's a game changer. Like you can go throughout the day, um, you know, while doc's doing his or her exam, even sometimes can pop in, do your own note, do, you know, help with their note, copy paste things into their note, whatever, um, whatever your system is in place, but just having a template, like Sharissa said, it helps with the, the consistency, right? So you don't forget yes. to add anything. Like you are constantly being questioned and just making sure that you're checking all the boxes off the list. Right. 
And I think, I know for our practice, we have multiple note templates depending on what that hygiene appointment is. So, you know, you may have a reg- regular recare template. You may have a new patient template. You may have a um, periotherapy template, a whitening template. Um, you know, that there's a lot of things that you can pre-frame ahead of time. Like you said, you don't want to have to reinvent that wheel. And, you know, if, if it's been a while since you've really evaluated those templates, like kind of step back in and make sure, does it include all of the things? I'm really big on note templates, creating a accountability. Um, you know, we incorporated, we use the Velscope as the oral cancer screening in our practice. And that was one of the things I went back in and added. Cause you know, of course we had a line in our template that said oral cancer screening, but I went back in and made that more specific of Velscope accepted or declined. What were the findings from that? So that it almost has that accountability. Like you have to say to yourself, Oh, I didn't, I didn't talk to the patient about that. And it kind of gives that like, Ooh, that's something I needed to do. So, you know, there note templates are great from a time timing standpoint, but an accountability standpoint. And then we also have narrative templates for when we send off to insurance, you know, if we're sending off a narrative for any kind of periotherapy, that's already in place. And you just kind of go in and fill in the blanks for, for each patient specific information. So I feel like that's super helpful as well. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and just, as you said, yeah, templates for every hygiene procedure, that just is the easy button for sure. Yeah. For perio maintenance, we've got one profi FMD, um, non-surgical periotherapy referral, uh, whitening. Yeah. yeah, All the stuff. Like it's just easy, you know, click the procedure, post it and it's in your, it auto populates. Yeah. Easy button. Yep. I think probably kind of piggybacking on that. I know we're both a big fan of um, using really specific and intentional verbiage and actually designing that ahead of time and kind of doing that as a team so that everybody kind of has the same verbiage. They know what they say. We don't sound like robots. We're not like just repeating the same thing from every single person because that's not realistic and that's not authentic, but just kind of creating the framework for what we're trying to say to the patient, how we're trying to educate them, and then really getting comfortable with and learning that to where it's almost like on autopilot. Like I don't even have to think about it. And whether that's for your oral cancer screening or your fluoride treatment or your sealants or your perio, you know, how you're going to educate a patient on perio. I think that's such a big time saver because, you know, sometimes you get those patients that are going to ask you a thousand questions. Um, and, and, you know, like in your head, you're answering them, but in your head, you're going, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this. Um, and you know, and, and here's another thing that sometimes we don't allow ourselves. And I know sometimes this can be practice specific. Um, you know, if you don't have time to do a really great job for your patient, because you spent so much time educating and they had a lot of questions, we do have the autonomy and within our practice to say, you know what, you know, I really want to make sure you make the best decision for yourself. And we spend a lot of time talking about that. And I know you want to go this direction, which is awesome. And I think it's the right choice, but based on what the time we have left in this appointment, I can't really do that for you and really do the best job. So I'm going to bring you back. And I know that's kind of an inconvenience and I feel bad about that, but at the same time, I want to give you the best treatment and I, and I need the time to do that. And I feel like most patients are really appreciative of that. I agree. Let me explain it that way. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's giving yourself time to have more time if you need it. That's important. And I know sometimes doctors aren't all always on board with that because it doesn't seem quite as productive that moment, but I think in the long term it does because it really builds your patient's acceptance mm-hmm. and their commitment to you as a practice because you know you're going to do the right thing for them. Right. And it can be in lieu of the bloody prophy as well. If you know that person needs limited therapy and you're like in a rush, 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 you can't do the limited therapy and you're just like, oh, I'm not going to talk to this person about it and do a prophy that day. 
if we're talking from a, an income standpoint, you are lessening the income and making it less profitable. And that's, you know, that affects the, the practice, obviously. Right. And you're not doing what's right for the patient. They're not getting educated. They're not scheduling what they need. And yeah. Yeah, and I agree. Time and place for doing the same day and rescheduling. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that we do try to do at our practice is say you see a patient and it's really maybe only one quadrant that's got some issues. Um, the way I explain that to my patient is, Hey, I'm really concerned. There's some localized infection in here. We didn't see this last time. You know, we talk about what kind of changes have been going on. What kind of stress have you been under? You know, have you been sick? What's your immune system been like? So you have all those conversations and they need to understand that that's important, even though it's just, you know, maybe around a couple of teeth. Um, but we kind of frame it with, Hey, there's, we kind of got a fire going in here and it's localized. Let's put that fire out. Let's just do a localized quadrant today. And then let's see you back in four to six weeks and make sure that that's healed. And then we'll do, you know, your, your profile where we clean everything else up. And I think that helps patients really understand, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is a serious thing. Let's go ahead and take care of this. And then it motivates them to be really good with their home care because they know they're going to come back and you're going to be checking things out. So I just feel like it adds a lot of value to the patient to really understand. We took the time to go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. We're not just going to do our same old, like there's infection here and we want to take care of you. So I think there's, there's some room sometimes in the time to give yourself more time. Absolutely. That makes and, sense. And that being said, that kind of makes me think of um, when we have cancellations as well, because for some reason, the universe for me is like by the cancellation, the person before needs scaling <laughs> almost every time I'm like, oh, wow, that person just fell off. Now right. we can do it same day. Right. Like, do you want to get going kind yes. of thing? You know? yes. So it's important to be flexible. And again, going back to a type personalities and us and it being challenging. I remember, and I'll just flash back for a second. I remember when I first joined the SPEDAC dental group, we were, you know, we had two hygiene assistants at that time for six of us. Um, and we would, for the sake of time, if I was running behind on a procedure and we had open operatories for the sake of time, the hygiene assistant would prepare that upper, other operatory for hygiene and would seat my next patient and kind of get them going to keep the flow going. And just being in a different operatory, even though things were similar, but yep. different, yep. like that just was a, I'm not prepared for this. I feel like this is a completely strange and foreign land. And right. like, what am I doing here? You know? And I feel like, um, uh, in regards to doing same day treatment, I think sometimes it can feel that way. Right. Like, Oh, I wasn't ready to, I wasn't right. ready to, Oh crap. Like <laughs> I wasn't ready to do this mentally, emotionally, like, you know, and that may be a barrier, but I think that that's a, a really good idea for how to use downtime too. Is like, Hey, if your day is opening up, look at it as opportunity, you know, maybe peek in the doc schedule too, if it's not your patient. But I, I just think in regards to using our time as wisely as possible, talk about like today and tomorrow first, you yes. know, utilizing the time that we have right now first and then moving forward. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, another area I think that um, sometimes we get tripped up and we feel like, Ooh, that's going to take me a little more time, but I think there's so much value in photos, whether you use an intraoral camera or an SD SLR. Wow. Camera. Um, I think there's a lot of value in snapping a picture of the problem areas you see, whether it's perio issues with inflamed red bleeding gums or cracked amalgam or cracked tooth or washed out composite, whatever that might be. Um, sometimes we in our head are like, oh, I don't have time for that. But think about how much time it will save you from having to explain what's going on to the patient and how much trust it builds in you as a clinician for the patient to be able to see that themselves and go, oh, 
you know, there's so much value in them seeing that. And, you know, they say that the phrase is a picture's worth a thousand words. Um, and in, in the direction of time, you know, would we rather just take a picture and flash that up on the screen or do we want to spend the time with a thousand words? So, um, sometimes that's a barrier. We think, oh, I got to go get the camera and take it and load it and pull it up. Um, you know, in reality, that really doesn't take that long. Um, and I just think, especially, you know, you think about too, you can send those photos off to insurance and that helps them get coverage. So I think there's a whole lot of value in that, that even though it might seem like it takes a little longer, it's still going to save you yeah. some time and help you to be a better clinician. It's that extra step. Sometimes it's the extra step that saves you like five steps. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Working smarter, not harder for sure. Yes. I know Brittany and I are also both really big on having standard operating procedures, creating team treatment protocols mm -hmm. so that there's standardization across the board with your patients. So you know that whether your patient ends up in your chair, in Ashley's chair or in Shay's chair, that they're going to get the same level of care and treatment. And the way you do that uh, for each of us is we've sat down as a hygiene team and said, Hey, like, let's, let's lay out the parameters here. So if I see X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to do a, B and C like, and so that we all know that. And we all agree on that so that it can just flow seamlessly. You know, if somebody's out on vacation and somebody else has got it, you know, they've got that patient has to come see you. They know what to expect. They know they're going to get the same level of care. And it also saves time. Um, it saves time with your doctors, because if you guys have all set that up, you can go to your doctor and say, Hey, you know, I just saw Mr. Jones and he has, you know, uh, four quadrants of four to five millimeters. I do see bone loss on the x-ray. There is bleeding on probing. You know, our standard protocol is that we're going to go ahead and do perioprotect trays, or we're going to go ahead and do scaling and root planing. And I've already talked to the patient about that. You don't have to wait and go down the hall and get your doctor and him come back and, you know, him and Han and say, well, maybe we should do this or we should do that. You can go ahead and kind of pre-frame and talk to the patient about what they need and what you, what you, what you know, the doctor's going to recommend. And that way, when the doctor comes in, he literally just kind of bobbleheads it and goes, yeah, I see this. I agree. I think that's where we should go. And that saves a whole lot of conversation for you as well. Yep. And, and it's the critical thinking aspect too. You know, we're, we have to think critically every day, every patient is unique. So definitely, you know, having these standardized procedures doesn't take that off the table at all. All of our patients are unique. Their mouths are all you know, very specific. They're all on that health spectrum. We've got to figure out where they are. So it always takes critical thinking, but it, this at least kind of cuts out some of the easy, basic, like, like making the same decision and coming to the same determination every single day from scratch. Right. You've got something to build on now, right. you know, and from, um, from an organizational standpoint, you know, all of our new hygienists, are given a, um, something like a standardized training, like manual almost. Mm -hmm. And it includes things like our standard operating procedures, which includes what is a prophy? What is, what is the uh, definition of a prophylaxis? What is the definition of a perio maintenance goes through that goes through what that appointment looks like step-by-step step, breaks it down. Um, what we expect from you appearance wise, time-wise, downtime-wise, um, your schedule, what, what you're responsible for and what you're not. And, you know, every, you know, for every practice, I think that looks a little different what the standard operating procedures are depending on what your team looks like, how big or small it is, how many hygienists there are, but there needs to be standardization. Yes. For sure. Because that's one of the things that happens behind the scenes that is like, okay, now I don't have to ask all these questions throughout the day. I just know what to do next. Right. I just know we've, we've agreed upon this. We've agreed that this is the next thing. And, and it's, it just makes everyone's lives easier. Um, the same thing with kind of like 
numbers even and knowing where you stand, like looking at your dental intel numbers ahead of time. And if, you know, we can set our morning goal based on that and it, it just streamlines everything right. to have those procedures in place. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about routine, obviously. And that's another aspect is, um, I remember in my first practice, um, there was another hygienist I worked with and I'm pretty routine. Like I am, I do it the same way every time. Um, and I had made a comment to her one day about that. And she's like, Oh, I don't like to do that. That's boring. That gets boring for me. And I get that because everybody is wired differently, but I think there's definitely benefit. And, and if you find that you're getting bored, maybe rework it and do it differently for a while, but just make sure it's really important. I actually sat down and wrote out, these are all the things that I need to accomplish within that shrinking hour. How do I make that flow from thing to thing so that it feeds itself and works as effectively as possible for my timing needs? Yeah. 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 So for me, um, I sat down, I wrote out all the things, and then this is kind of my routine. So obviously I bring every patient back. I take their blood pressure. They've got to sit quietly for a moment while they're doing that. So I hop behind them in my computer and I go ahead and open my notes template. And I start to kind of fill that out as I'm going through, you know, as soon as I take their blood pressure, I go ahead and put that in my note. I'm asking them as I'm seating them, Hey, what kind of medical changes have you had since you were here last? What's going on dentally that you want to tell me about, or that you've been concerned about? So I'm, as I'm taking their blood pressure, like I'm already putting that in the note. Then I'm going through any kind of x-rays they're due for. Um, obviously they just told me whether or not they had a dental concern. So then I know I need to go ahead and grab my camera and take a picture of that. Um, so I go ahead and do my, any next necessary x-rays or photos up front so that I know I'll have time to have those ready for when the doctor comes in, have the photos loaded. I'll, you know, those will be ready to have up on the screen for when, when the doctor comes in. Um, and then I go ahead and I start with my oral cancer screening. Um, I do Velscope. We do Velscope in our practice once a year and then the other visit or other visits sequentially, um, I'm doing just my visual. Um, and then we go, I do period charting on every patient every time we standardize, we put that in the system once a year, but I'm looking at it every single visit because that's determining what I'm doing that visit. Cause we know things can change very quickly in six months. How do you know what you're doing? If you don't have assessment and diagnostics, everyone's on their spectrum. How do you know where they are on the spectrum? Yep. If you don't yep. measure, yeah. you don't know what life changes they've had. You don't know what stresses they've right. been through new medications they've started taking. Now we have dry mouth. So, um, you know, I do all those assessments up front and then I know, okay, what am I set up for today? Are we doing limited scaling or root planing? Are we sitting up and having a whole conversation about infection that's present? Are we going ahead and doing a profi? Um, one of the little tricks I love, and I just feel like research shows, evidence-based research shows that using air polishing is so much more effective than profi cup as far as breaking up the biofilm. So I learned uh, when, right when I got out of school, you know, in school, they taught us to polish afterwards. So when I came to my first practice and they were profi-jetting first, I was kind of like, what's happening here? Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. And I, I've never done it the other way because it does make so much sense. I've got the, you know, the soft plaque and the stain are gone and I'm not having to spend time, you know, scaling my, my wrist off to try and get the, get all that out of there. So I profi-jet first and then I do my um, profi or scaling replane, whatever we're doing. Um, and then we, I do, a, we do fluoride treatments at our office and then I'll let the doctor know, Hey, I'm ready for you. These are my concerns. If the doctor is still in his operatory, you know, if he's got something going on, I'll come back and go ahead and schedule their next visit. I'll go ahead and take payment, post that payment, finish up my note. 
Um, and then he'll come in and we'll kind of talk about what my concerns are, what the patient's concerns are. As he's talking, I'm putting the treatment plan in the computer back behind him. Yeah. My goal is by the time he gets up and leaves that room that I've got that printed out ready to go. And I can just sit down and present that or take them to our, our, our treatment yeah. coordinator, depending on how, how that works for everybody. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my flow to just keep things moving. And I'm always thinking to myself, okay, what could I do? You know, you got to have that anticipation of what's coming next and always be moving forward. I know sometimes I catch myself, like if I'm not really focused on a day or if I'm just kind of tired or a little burned out that day, I'll kind of find myself standing there. And then afterwards, like, oh my gosh, I could have been taking payment or I could have, you know, so sometimes it's not a bad idea to write out your flow and kind of have it kind of hiding in the back so that if you do kind of have, you are having one of those days where you're just a little off, you can look and be like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could be doing that. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, our best looks different every day. So we may be doing our best today, but we're feeling a little under the weather, or we may be doing our best today, but it's not as good as yesterday. You know, like we're just doing our best every single day. Um, so I think that's a great idea to have your flow kind of written down and within arm's reach and just, you can refer to it throughout the day, even though, you know, it's a good reminder. It's a good visual. You can just look there because why not? Um, so my appointment flow, let me think from the beginning. Um, sorry, I have to be very like visual about it up greet the patient. Hi, how you doing at the front? Obviously temperatures are being taken now. Right, walk correct. them back. That's kind of when I have my small talk too, is like kind of when I'm walking them back, because clearly I don't want to divulge anything clinically or, or talk about clinical things as walking through the hall for HIPAA purposes. And just because it's not the setting for it, but as I'm walking the patient back, we have a, quite a long walk because we have a huge office. So the walk is like, people are like, Oh, are we there yet? Kind of thing, you know? So that's usually when I'm like, how you doing, Mrs. Jones? How, you know, how have you been? How was your holiday? How was, you know, that sort right, of thing? Right. How's the weather? Um, and then we get to the op, take a seat, bib, open everything up. And I ask about their medical history. Usually the first couple of things I ask are any recent surgeries, any medication changes, any allergies that you've discovered, history of total joint replacement, you know, do you pre-medicate? Please remind me, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, update that, you know, I'll go through the actual update if they're due. If not, I'll just verbally review it or if there aren't any changes, I'll verbally review it. If it's not that once a year update. Um, if I see on the med history, anything about snoring or anything about uh, hypertension or anything like that, I might do a sleep screener. And we have a sleep screener that is that is a questionnaire that I would go through and ask um, to determine their risk. And my verbiage for that is usually, um, you know, we want to rule this out for you, make sure it's not an issue. So basically, I'm not trying to find something because right. I want to find something. Right. I want to rule this out, make sure that it's not an issue. And I right. explain this is something that's slipping through the cracks just in general, something that shortens life expectancy. And I want to make sure that this isn't an issue for you. Right. And then I go through that and just, I tell them it, it takes about a minute. I'm going to ask you some questions and, and go through. If I need to, I will give our sleep doc a heads up at that point. If they've got moderate to severe risk, if they've got a mild risk, I just kind of educate them about it and kind of say, if you're ever sleepy throughout the day, you find yourself having these issues. If the snoring is increasing, your bed partner's telling you there's an issue, you know, kind of thing. Um, it may be worth investigating further, but otherwise I just kind of leave it if it's a, a yes. mild or they're on the, you know, not moderate or severe um, kind of angle. So if I don't need the sleep doctor, just continue with the medical history, we'll sign that. Um, ask about any dental concerns. I, you know, is anything hurting in your mouth? What's bothering you? Is there anything you want to talk about while right. you're here? Um, and then I tend to do my assessment before I talk about prior treatment plans, because I want to see what things look like today Correct. first. Yeah. Correct. So I, I typically will do my oral cancer screening first and I just do a visual oral cancer screening and I have a routine for that yep. so that yep, there's nothing too. that is forgotten <laughs> yep. every single place, every nook and cranny, yep. I feel the same things and go through the same steps. 
Um, then I do my perio chart and like Sharissa, you know, if it's that once a year that you're due for the comp perio exam, or if I just start probing and there's a ton of changes, yep. then I'll do that CPE. Yes. And yes. a time saver for me is we use VoiceWorks, which is a, um, a headset that I just dictate the numbers and all of the measurements into the computer. And what's really great about it is like, I can say three, two, three, then talk to the patient. Oh, so you've got blah, blah, blah. and it doesn't record any of that, which is cool. Yeah. And I can do four, four, four class one buckle forcation recession one, you know, it, it's all, it's everything in a nutshell. Like it helps with the CPE. So it is, it is like hands down one of my favorite tools in the office. That's a huge time saver for me. And I know that you were considering the dental rat for your right. like right. potentially. Yeah. Right. To start right. using, I think anything that can help assist with perio probing, because it is a very time intensive thing. If you don't have assistance. And the fact that the, these types of, um, this type of equipment reads it out to the patient right. so they can hear the numbers. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're just kind of doing it yourself and you know, you're putting the numbers in behind them, you know, they know you're doing something. They know you're looking at something, but they're not hearing it as it's happening. Mm-hmm. There's so much value to explaining, Hey, I'm going to do this assessment. This is what these numbers mean. And then at the end of the assessment, because they've heard them all, they already know right. what's going on. Right. So again, that's a time saver from a, time a standpoint saver. of not having to explain all of that as much so that, you know, they already know like, Ooh, that's not, you know, I know I've got a really, really involved patient when I'm doing perio charting and I say four and they go, Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, they know what's going on. I this love is awesome. That, yeah. Pre-framing for yeah. time saving. Yeah. 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 So you do your perio charting. So, and I actually skipped a step. If the patients do for radiographs, I figure that out in the morning. I've already taken the radiographs, whatever they are, if it's FMX by wings, whatever. Um, and after I have done my assessment and educated the patient. So if they are healthy and things look great and we're going to do a perio maintenance or a prophy, that's what I say. Like things look great. You know, we're going to move forward with this. If not, I sit the patient up, I put everything in front of them and we have a conversation. Okay. After a conversation and after I kind of pre-frame about what my treatment plan is going to be and whether or not we'll likely do it that day, we actually have another time saver that I want to include here. And it is a template that I physically hand to the doctor at the beginning of the appointment. So if they're going to need any sort of exam, we have a template that says patient name, doctor name, hygienist name, last dental visit, chief complaint, x-rays taken today. What kind of exam is this notes at the bottom? These are my findings. This is what I'm recommending, blah, blah, blah. And I physically go at the beginning of the appointment and hand that to the doctor because then they've got a window of time when they can come interrupt me. And I tell all the doctors, please interrupt me, please come in. It's your convenience because I know that your schedule and my schedule don't always add up. They don't always match up a line. Exactly. And I want to make their life as easy as possible and our lives as easy as possible. And I don't want the patient to wait. So I do that at the beginning. Um, I, if it's something more than just a prophy or perio maintenance, I will like verbally say to the doctor, like if, if they have time, even if they're with a patient, I will, I will kind of like generally say, Hey, we're looking at localized scaling. These are the probing depths without giving away any pertinent patient information, of course. Um, and they'll say, you know, I'll, I'll look at the x-rays right now. Okay, go ahead and do that. Um, or they'll say, okay, I'm going to come right now. You know, they'll kind of know if it's an urgent situation right. or not. Right. Yeah. And that saves a lot of time. And then on back end, just like Sharissa said, um, being present with the doctor in the room, uh, kind of reiterating what they're saying to, like, I like to chat in the middle of that chat. Um, and then, and there's some science behind how many times patients have to hear things before they really kind of understand and accept it. So, you know, there's, it's a good idea to repeat things, you know, you're telling the patient and then almost saying it in front of the patient to the doctor, and then the doctor talking about it and kind of saying it back to you. There's a lot of value in that too, because the patient hearing it over and over kind of solidifies, oh gosh, okay, this is something serious. I do need to take care of. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes within this appointment too, there's a 3D wellness scan with our iTero and that may go hand in hand with um, treatment that was recommended prior to this appointment. So if a person is not due for x-rays, we try and do a 3D wellness scan with the iTero because you can time track, you can time lapse their their um, crowding and their chipping and their recession and all that stuff. So that's a great tool to use, especially when they're not due for x-rays and not really due for an exam, because then you've got that little window of time, you know, to utilize. So sometimes I'll do that 3d wellness scan. Um, and just like Sharisa said, she loves that iTero element. I, I love it too. I think it's amazing. Um, and that may be a really great time to follow up with prior treatment plans, but also now all the assessment is done. We've discussed everything. Now I'm going to touch on what was recommended last time. What's indicated today what questions does the patient have, you know, go through all that, do my hygiene procedure, and then kind of finish up schedule next page, next, uh, next visits. And if necessary, usually for me, because I have a hygiene assistant, but they're not dedicated to just me. Um, I, I usually stay in my same op. So I have to run on a very strict schedule. So I end up handing them off most of the time to a treatment plan coordinator. And that is very like, very involved. Yeah. Very. And that's where the, the team support comes into to place is, you know, like I said, dentistry is a team sport. Mm -hmm. So planning it out in the front end of knowing who needs to be where, but then also knowing, you know, you, you kind of know that moment, like if you're starting to drown, yep. you know, running and finding somebody and being a true team is where you're going to function exceptionally is because you can go say, Hey, I need this right now. Yep. And somebody's willing to help you. Yes. And, and everybody, you know, is cross-trained and know how, knows how to do what needs to happen. Um, I think that's super, super important. Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients, and our profession. For more information on our 2021 live summit, Bulletproof Hygiene book, and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. Another really important time saver is I know patients love us as hygienists. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we get told way too much TMI. Um, I think patients kind of see as kind of like they do their hairdressers. So yeah. sometimes we hear a lot more personal information than we bargained for. We are, we are, yeah. we do wear the therapy hat a lot. Yeah, for sure. um, and that's cool. And that's awesome. And that's why we bond with our patients. That's why our patients love us. Um, but sometimes we fall into the trap of having those personal conversations yeah. more than we do the treatment and the dental conversation. Yes. So it's one of those balances. Like, you know, you said, you know, I start, I kind of start that conversation, that personal conversation walking down the hall. Cause I know once I get in the operatory, it's going to be a whole lot about what's going on in right. your mouth. Exactly. So the other thing I'd say is kind of pay attention to your time while you're scaling, because they, they're kind of, you know, at your mercy. So you can be talking a whole lot during that. That's so point. that's, you know, focus on, you know, be present while you're scaling, because for those of us who've done it for a long time, you can kind of check out while you're scaling. You yeah. can do that with your, yeah. you know, blindfold on kind of thing mm -hmm. is ask yourself, like I'm in the habit of asking myself as I'm working for each patient, Hey, what do, what do I have to offer here? That's going to make this patient's life better. You know, do they have problems we need to address? Is it just more prevention that we need to talk about for them, but be thinking mindful, ask yourself that question. And then while you're working, have those conversations, right. talk about floss technique, talk about, you know, what they're doing on their home care front, you know, what you're seeing in there, scaling. that recession that's yeah. happening, you know, yeah. just, yeah. Like what your post-op's going to be, what they should expect mm -hmm. after this, yeah. um, use that time wisely because they're kind of a captive audience at that point. Yeah. And then and I, on that note though, I just want to touch on patients who are really talkers. 
who want to just guide the conversation and kind of like just take over and they are like on full speed ahead, want to chat about their aunt Bessie and like what they ate on Thanksgiving and whatever. Um, I, you know, there is totally an art to like politely cutting that person off and getting down to business. Like just, it's important to remember time-wise that we are running the ship. We are the bus driver. The patient is not, you know, we have got to make sure that we are owning our time. And if, if it's, if sometimes it comes down to like, okay, we've got to get started now. Okay. That's, that's great to hear. Thanks so much for telling me I got to get started now. Um, or even, you know, depending on your relationship with the patients, make a joke like, oh, I got to work at some point, you know, it just depends on your relationship and, and being kind and courteous, but also making sure that you're driving the bus and not letting the patient kind of take over, you know, by just chatting. And even saying something like, oh, you know, oh, Brittany, I really want to hear about this. This sounds incredible. Let me, let me get going here with what I need to do though, because I really want to take great care of you. And we'll kind of work on, on hearing the story as we go. Right. Um, and that just kind of, you know, takes the patient to, oh yeah, that's, that's why I'm that's here today. Yes, exactly. Um, I think the last tip we have is really being intentional with your downtime and using that wisely, because there are times where we're tired. It's been a long day. Maybe we've had some difficult patients and we get a break and we're like, oh, I just, I want to physically take a break. And, and there's room for that. And sometimes that needs to happen. But there's a lot of times where it's just kind of, again, being present with like, what's, what would, what's going to take me forward? What's the next thing? And it could be like, oh, I need to finish up those notes from this morning, or I need to restock my room or re prep my trays, or I need to look on, look in on my hygienist next door. You know, mm -hmm. I know she was going to be period charting, yeah. you know, helping the team out, um, working your, your, um, recall, you know, if you, you know, if you've got those cancellations and yeah. you've got that time, yeah. um, making that happen. So I think just being being really intentional with your downtime. Actually, we don't, we don't often think about that being a time saver for us, but it can be if we're using that really well. I mean, yeah. maybe that's the time that you start thinking about your verbiage and really getting serious and, and on script with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being really intentional with that. Yeah. And, and on that, you know, I know that a lot of us get burned out with staying after hours, you know, and when we have to consistently stay so long after hours to complete these tasks, it just feels like we live at work. And even if we love our jobs and love where we work and love our coworkers, there's also our family at home that we want to go see. There's also our hobbies that we want to do that we also want to go to the gym. So it's like the time management at work, you know, overflows into the rest of our lives too. So it's important to keep, keep this stuff on time so that we can leave on time, go do what else we've got to do. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think this is such a pertinent conversation to what we do every single day. The, the shrinking hours are a real thing, you know, figuring it out ahead of time is a make or break, I think. So as we always say, we'd love to hear from you guys. Please, please, please reach out to us. Let us know what's working for you, what's not, what questions you have. Give us some of your tips and tricks. We want them. We need them. Um, always check us out on our Mighty Networks, Bulletproof Hygiene app um, or Mighty Networks app. Check us out at Bulletproof Hygiene. We would love to connect with you and we look forward to seeing you at our next podcast. Yes. Have a great day and... Here's to some more time working smarter, not harder. That's right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.